Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to the seventh episode of From the Den, where today we're doing part two of the quarterback edition, where we're discussing a lot of different topics about the quarterbacks. Yeah, as opposed to episode one, where we talked about the quarterback competition directly, this one will be focusing on the Bears' need at quarterback, what type of quarterback they need, and which quarterback Matt Nagy has a better relationship with. So starting off the, with the question of how good does a Bears quarterback need for a team to have success? And generally, when people think of Bears teams, they don't think of them having great quarterbacks. It's more of a great defense and a great run game. So does a Bears quarterback need to be just a game manager or do they have to be a game changer? Lord? Well, it depends on two different things. First of all, how you define game manager or game changer. If Is Mahomes a game changer? Yes, but is a quarterback like Andy Dalton a game changer? It's, it's all depending on your definition of game changer. But I think that you have to be a top 10 quarterback to be a game changer. I think I, I think the, a game changer is someone who's exciting. So I think it's pretty obvious. Like Tom, I would call Tom Brady a game manager. Andy Dalton's more of a game manager, but he's not great at either of those. So I would say that a Bears quarterback, in order to win, in my opinion, just needs to be a game manager. It felt like last year, the game that you really talk about who is a game manager was after the week one loss against Green Bay. They went into Denver and got that 50-yard-plus field goal with Eddie Pinheiro to win the game. And I think you watch that whole game, and you see that after the first game, Matt Nagy tried to get Trubisky into this feeling of being the game manager. Instead of, instead of making him throw 45 passes like he did the first game, he decided to run the ball. Montgomery had 17 handoffs. Cordell Patterson had a 50-yard run. It felt more of like Bears, like traditional Bears offenses, more less than what it was week one when it felt like just a shootout. But I think that with this defense, which has improved this offseason, an offensive line, which has gotten a bit better, not really much better, a tiny bit, I would say better receivers, debatably, way better tight end group. Running back. Well, state- just because there's more tight ends doesn't mean it's necessarily better, but yeah. I think it's better. I think Graham would be an up, Graham or Komet would be an upgrade over Trey Burden. But besides that, taking that fact away, I think that there's really been no position to have regressed this offseason, which means that the quarterback has to do less. But I think that game manager is not something Trubisky is even able to do. You would be happy as a Bears fan if Trubisky was a game manager because it felt like in 2018, he wasn't, I would define, I wouldn't define him as a game manager because he had exciting plays. He would throw it deep, throw not very smart interceptions. But if you look at his stats and stats only, he played like a game manager. And they went 12 and four. They lost on a game losing field goal that I don't really like talking about. But I think that if you have one of your quarterbacks to be a game manager on this team that's so, so, so skilled, then I think that's all you need. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Oren, or just agree with your opinion. This one was pretty easy. It's got to be a game manager. As I said, historically, Bears teams have only needed game managers, or historically their focus hasn't been on the quarterback. It's been more on a an outstanding defense and an outstanding running game. So 
And I don't think that changes at all, even though Matt Nagy's offense may like to have that type of an amazing Mahomes-esque quarterback. To me, um, the Bears team just needs a game manager. And I firmly believe that if a Bears team, this Bears team, had a game manager at the highest level who throws minimal picks and he knows how to get it done, then this team could go very far. They would make the Super Bowl because um, the Bears defense does a great job of setting up the Bears offense in red zone opportunities or a good field position. But when you have a guy like Trubisky under the helm, who's so unpredictable and often throws interceptions, a lot of that potential for scoring goes to waste. But if the Bears had a top notch game manager who was just able to get it done and not throw interceptions, then the rest of the Bears team would already have that talent and the game manager would be able to put the ball in the end zone and get it done. So what I do have to say is, is that obviously you would rather have Mahomes over Trubisky, Deshaun Watson over Trubisky, a game changer over a game manager because a game changer is more dominant of a football player. But what I will say is, is that for the Bears' circumstances, if they, they can win, obviously they'll win more games with a game changer, but they'll still win good games with a game manager. And they're hoping that Trubisky is a game manager. I think Pace by the actions he's made this offseason, I wouldn't say he's a thousand percent given up hope because he still would he would have went for an even better quarterback than Foles if he's a thousand percent given up hope. But it seems like that it seems like Ryan Pace has given up hope on Trubisky being a game changer. All he wants him to be at this point is just a game manager. Or and I think that's kind of a little dumb note you made there, even if it wasn't your central argument that Marion Pace would have gone for a better quarterback if he had completely given up on Trubisky. If there's a better quarterback available, then I think the Bears chose their best option available. I don't really understand their comment there, but that's a minor little nitpicky thing I'm doing, so we're going to move on. Okay, so when you look at a Matt Nagy offense, like a Kansas City, all those type of offenses, what type of quarterback do you think fits the mold of a Matt Nagy offense? Because there's, there's Patrick Mahomes, who was good in a Matt Nagy offense, who's more of a really just, just as a cannon. You've got Alex Smith, who succeeded in a Matt Nagy offense. You look at Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, who succeeded in those offenses. So what do you think, how would you build your perfect quarterback for that offense? Well, I think unquestionably in a traditional Bears offense, a game manager type of quarterback would succeed more. But Matt Nagy's offense is more uh, off of the West Coast, and it's a little different than more traditional Bears offenses. So I would call Nick Foles more of a game manager, and he would fit in more traditional Bears offenses uh, because he's less sporadic. Trubisky has highs and lows, whereas Nick Foles was pretty bad uh, in the games he started in the Jaguars, but generally he's a consistent guy who can fill in, and he was great in his years in Philly winning the Super Bowl. Um, but as for Matt Nagy's offense, the, the, different comes, the difference comes in that Matt Nagy tries to make Trubisky throw more. So clearly last season he was searching for more of a game changer at quarterback than a game manager. So which, which quarterback, excuse me, which quarterback uh, should fit the mold. I think that Nick Foles should be the guy because he would fit in a more traditional Bears offense that would work for this offense. But I hope that Matt Nagy will not try to force Trubisky to fit the mold by trying to make him more of a game changer, which that isn't him. So long story short, I would say it's Nick Foles. So what player fits his offense more? Obviously Foles does because he knows it more and Foles throws less interceptions. 
But if you take skill and skill alone, because if you're building a quarterback, skill is one of the biggest things that you need to build in a quarterback. Trubisky is way more skilled than Foles. He is in almost every aspect. He's obviously, I'm talking about skill. So I'm talking about physical skill. I'm not talking about how you can read a defense because that's not physical skill. Right, because, like talent, talent. Well, I think in a Matt Nagy offense, for example, you need more of a mentally, mentally strong quarterback in the sense he can read defenses and all those things. Is, I think that's more important. Than well, a I think in general it's more important. Even though you can't teach talent, you can teach skill. If a quarterback is talented and they're not completely uh, – they still have some athleticism, they'll generally do better in this league than vice versa. I mean, yeah, but who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Mahomes. I don't think that there's a huge – there's not a huge argument with that. That's true. Mahomes said he learned how to read defenses the middle of last year, yet he won MVP without knowing how to read a defense a whole well, year. Well, of course, when you can have both and when you can have others, it's better. But there are some – there are lots of naturally – uh, athletic quarterbacks who throw lots of interceptions and don't turn out well. They might turn out well in college when they can run around and scramble, but then when they come to the NFL, there are more complex defenses. So it ends up not working out too well for them. Yeah. And I think what's bad about what's unfortunate for the Bears is that Matt Nagy doesn't necessarily, he came in and they tried to build around, I, when Matt Nagy came in, they tried to build around Trubisky. But the actions that they made this offseason seem like they're kind of leaning towards now Matt Nagy is our coach. Instead of Trubisky, who when Nagy came in, Trubisky was the Trubisky was the guy who you're saying, we're building this team around Trubisky. So but now, now you think they're building it around Matt Nagy instead of Trubisky. Exactly. And I think it's kind of annoying that they took two years to really decide on which one they're going to do. And I think you could really go either way because I think that I truly believe that Matt Nagy is way better at his job than Mitchell Trubisky is. because. Let's not forget, Matt Nagy was the coach of the year. And I get that's not necessarily a great award because it doesn't actually show who... It's a narrative-based award. It just shows whoever improved the most in one year. Mm-hmm. But it still shows something. No bad coach wins coach of the year. So I think that Trubisky, if you won, let's say, just any award, like a real award, then there could be an argument made there. But Matt Nagy just was able to... He was just able to do better and when you when you look at nfl teams whenever a team does bad who gets blamed the quarterback and the coach and that's why last year you hear people saying oh trubisky's terrible and you hear people saying oh Nagy's terrible and then you don't really know what your opinion is because so many people need someone to blame and they're going to either blame Nagy or trubisky or both so i think that ryan pace said you know what we have you know we're blaming we're blaming trubisky we're going to go get Foles, and we're going to go Nagy. We're going to let you choose your offensive staff. We're going to go build around you. We're going to draft tight ends, which is such an important position to your team, even though we already have Graham. And I think that just building around Matt Nagy means that they're going to – that they really trust that Kansas City offense, the Andy Reid offense, which means that they're getting a quarterback that fits the mold, which is, I would say, more of a mentally strong quarterback than a quarterback who has – gift who has a gift and don't get me wrong I'm not saying that I don't think Mahomes necessarily fits better in Kansas City scheme than in any other scheme Mahomes is just so dominant no matter where you put him he's going to be good I think that no matter what the scheme is he's going to be dominant so I don't think it's necessarily like Mahomes is better because of Andy Reid's scheme but I think that Trubisky is worse because of Matt Nagy's scheme 
Got it. So now moving away from the quarterback's relationship with Matt Nagy for just a little bit, focusing more on individual player talent and skill, do you think that Mitchell Trubisky is clutch? And is that clutchness needed or no? Um, I mean, there are a few examples. I do say he is clutch. But I think that the biggest test will be this offseason. If there's training camp, this is where he needs to be clutch. If he wins the job, which I truly believe it's even one way or another, if Trubisky, who's going against probably the most clutch quarterback ever, a quarterback who's, I get it, you could say he's good, one of the most clutch quarterbacks, he won Nick Foles. He came out of, he came out of the backup, won in the NFC Championship game, then went to the Super Bowl and won. What do you call that? If you call that not being clutch, I don't know. It could know. be successful. I don't know if it's clutch. I mean, cl- most clutch pressure. quarterback ever. Whew. That is that is a. He plays better under pressure. He does. Look at the whole Super Bowl. Whenever they were down, he didn't start struggling. He elevated his game. And as the Super Bowl went on, and as the came, as the game became closer and closer, he got better and better. You look at the Bears Eagles game. He led that team all the way down the field for a game-winning touchdown. Well, in that Bears-Eagles game, Trubisky ended up leading the team down the field to pretty good field position before the infamous missed field goal happened. So what I'm saying is, but either way, we're talking about Foles, and what we're saying is, is that Foles, when he's under pressure, it seems like he does a lot better under pressure than under pressure. And I get this is not a necessarily good stat, but it just shows how good he is under pressure. And it, it goes... I think that Nick Foles, like under like huge pressure, is throwing eight touchdowns and three interceptions throughout his whole career. While not not like pressure, I mean like physical pressure, like getting blitzed. While while Trubisky is three touchdowns, eight interceptions, and I get that it doesn't necessarily indicate how good you do under stressful circumstances, because it's a bit different. But it's still a bit of an indicator on when someone's in your face and when everything's going against you, how well they do against the pressure. I think that that shows Nick Foles is really clutch and he's going to bring his best that he can this offseason. And if Trubisky comes in this offseason and wins the job, then that shows how clutch he is. But if you go into games, there are many different times that he shows. You go week one against Green Bay, right? Yep. Throws the game losing interception. What does he do week two? Brings the field down, brings the team down to the 30, 38 yard line for Eddie Pinero to kick a field goal, right? Yeah. Throughout the season against the Lions in Thanksgiving, he brought that came that that team came back. Against the Eagles, he he came and he won them the he didn't win them the game, but he put them in position where he could have won. There are many different times where he looks like a clutch quarterback, but then whenever I say that, he takes it back. Like uh, against Green Bay, it felt like he had so many different opportunities. Green Bay week fifteen this year so many different opportunities in the late part of the game to come back and he just couldn't do it. And it seems like he just can't really complete a task under pressure. You look well against the Chargers, he led that team into a game-winning field goal where Eddie Pinero missed. You look at his rookie against the Lions in Soldier Field, he had like a on 4th and 12, he had a 40-yard run, a 14-yard run, a crazy run to put them in field goal position where they missed the kick. So there are plenty of different times where he's been clutch and not clutch. 
But I do, I would say if you have to rate him, I would say he's more clutch than less clutch. But the real test will be this offseason. Well, I would say that sometimes Kyrgyzki can show signs of being clutch and sometimes he can show signs of being not clutch. But I would say generally, Trubisky is less clutch than more clutch. And also, I think the times when he messes up end up being more memorable than the times when he uh, is clutch. I don't know if that's his own fault or not. But still, just the one the thing that comes to mind is in the Packers game in 2018, I believe. Um, the, the examples that you mentioned as well, where I don't, I think a quarterback that is clutch can consistently lead his team down the field, and not just to uh, field and not just to uh, field goal position, but at least closer, so that they truly have a chance of winning that game. You really shouldn't blame the um, kick uh, the quarterback for the kicker missing. But still, I think even in the times where you were saying he was clutch, he could have done a little more. He could have done a little better. And just because Trubisky is clutch, just because he has one good drive, that doesn't excuse all of the other. Like there shouldn't be a there shouldn't have been a reason that they were down in the first place in that Lions game, for example. So just like sometimes when a player is clutch, especially Trubisky, the his past mistakes in that game can become overlooked. So I don't believe that even if I would say that Trubisky is clutch, which I just said, I believe that he's less clutch. Uh, he's more often not clutch than he is clutch. Uh, I still don't believe that that should be a key factor in determining if he's a good quarterback and if he's better than Nick Foles. Because like I said, if you're truly a great quarterback and you're not playing great teams, like most of these games were as close against like the Chargers and Broncos, those aren't and Lions, those aren't great teams. There isn't. There shouldn't be a reason for them to be down and need a last-second drive in the first place. So that's why I don't think it's a great indicator. You're right, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily the best indicator, but it does show. Let's go against the Eagles game, the Eagles game in the playoffs, right? Trubisky had a fine game. He played against a good Eagles team with a quarterback who's playing pretty well, Nick Foles. And it wasn't. I would say obviously he could have played a bit better, but every quarterback could have played a bit better. Nick Foles could have played a bit better in that game. He threw two interceptions. But the point is, is that when you look at it, Trubisky, when it comes down to last second plays, Trubisky does have, I think, more plays and more times where he's come and been clutch than not clutch. Mm-hmm. And I think that clutch is, is a good factor because, yes, what you're saying is, is that you can look at a quarterback and say he shouldn't have even been in the situation. He shouldn't have to in the Eagles game, let's say you could say that he shouldn't have had to get to that field goal. They should have been winning by more. And whatever argument you make, of course, the quarterback could have done a bit, a bit better. But you can't necessarily – obviously, the quarterback should have done a bit better. But when you're judging a quarterback, you can't go back and say you should have done this better. Like, you you have to – what's it called? You have to, you have to worry about the end of the game, what the final score is. And I, you can say that, okay, well, then the Bears went eight and eight. That's like a fine, that's like a fine, what's it called? A fine record. But then why is, why is everyone so low on the Bears? I, what I'm trying to say is, is that I get that being clutch isn't necessarily the best thing, but it is something that ends up happening no matter what. It's inevitable that you're going to be put in a situation where you need to be clutch. And that clutchness, if there's four games, where you need to be clutch. That's the difference between going eight and eight and 12 and four. That's the difference between this season and last season where one team, all Chicago was going crazy for and everyone loved and the other team, everyone gave up on. 
that's the difference. So being clutch, I get it's not a great metric on how you're, how great of a quarterback you are, but you need to be clutch because there's always going to be a situation where you're going to, where you're going to need to be clutch. And if you're not clutch and that's a big, it's a bad thing to happen. It's a bad quality to have in a quarterback. All right, so Oren, uh, the last time Nick Foles played in the Pro Bowl, Julius Peppers, of all people, led the Bears in sacks with seven, meaning this is a pretty long time ago. So why do you have confidence that he'll be able to consistently help the Bears win games if he was considered one of the best so long ago? I don't. It, <laughs> it's, it's something I'm not trying to be brutal or mean, but you look at Philadelphia both years played great both seasons what you don't forget is Wentz came back week three of 2018 I think or 2019 and he played the first few games and he didn't play well he didn't play well and it seems like he's great in the playoffs he's great under pressure like I said clutch he does better in the playoffs than he does in a regular season but what I'm what I'm worried about is that what happens if he plays like he does in Jacksonville? What happens if he plays like he did for the Eagles in the be- those three games in the beginning of the season when Wentz still had a tor- torn ACL? What happens if he played like he did with the Rams? You could say that it's Nick Foles. I, you look at Trubisky and you say Trubisky is very consistent. One game he does great. One game he does bad. One, de- one game he does great. One game he does bad. With Foles, it's either a great five-game stretch or a terrible five-game stretch. And that concerns me more because if we get that terrible five-game stretch, then who's our quarterback? Are we going to put a non-confident Trubisky back into the starting lineup? Yeah, we addressed this uh, in our last quarterback episode too. Yeah, so what worries me about Foles is that one year, he had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, I think the best passer rating in NFL history. Some crazy, crazy, crazy season. I, I think that might – oh, excuse me. I was thinking of uh, completion percentage with Sam Bradford. No. but um, And then I think he got traded to the Rams. Maybe a, that the next year or a year later, did terrible. Then he pr- almost pretty much retired, came back to Kansas, Kansas City, went to Philadelphia, back to Philadelphia, led them to a Super Bowl victory. He has so many ups and downs that it concerns me that if we get that down, then our season is over. And what I would say is like a guy named like Andy Dalton, a guy like Andy Dalton, what could happen with Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton could lead us to nine, 10 wins easily. Eight wins, 10 wins. You'd rather have Andy Dalton or Nick Foles real quick. Foles. I think I'd rather have Foles because the way they structured his, restructured his contract. I don't know if they could have done that for Dalton, Mm -hmm. but what I will say is that Foles can, pretty much consistently win you to not get you to nine wins, 10 wins. I mean, Dalton, Foles could get you to 13 wins, 14 wins. He could also get you to six wins, five wins. And that's what concerns me. What I worry most is that they get to the five wins and six wins. And I don't see them getting that low because I think that even on Foles' bad days, how, how like if he has bad games, those are similar to what Trubisky had last year, and they still went eight and eight. And with an improved roster, you should do a bit better. But what concerns me is that with such a stacked team, you can't have Foles playing bad, and then that ruins their their chance of getting maybe a high seed in the playoffs instead of maybe getting a low seed or not even making the playoffs. Got it. Um, 
first of all, we've talked about how I don't like the Pro Bowl. I don't think the Pro Bowl is a good metric, as I've mentioned a few times before. But also more importantly than that, he's not even needed to be that elite quarterback, as we already mentioned about the game manager versus game changer. He's needed to be that consistent quarterback. And what you were saying, how Foles has his ups and downs, well, that's within seasons. I don't even think it's really within like separate seasons. Like he's either having a bad season or a good season. So hopefully if Foles has a good season, then that won't even be a problem. So the reason I have confidence that he'll be able to consistently help the Bears, uh, at least in some way, because for, I think that he's more consistent than Trubisky. So he's the best option that we have. And again, I don't think um, Foles needs to be a pro bowler for the Bears in general to have success. He just needs to be a good enough game manager, better than Trubisky, to help us win games. That's why I have faith. Not that I think he'll be suddenly such a great pro bowler, but just that he'll be able to manage the game well enough for the rest of the Bears team or the rest of the Bears defense and hopefully their running game uh, that are likely better than what he can provide can do what they're known for, what Chicago teams are always known for with the good defenses and running game. And Foles can just play that game manager role and it'll work out. Yeah. So what I will say about that is, is that when he plays at his best, he is a good game manager, a great game manager. When he plays at his worst, he's a bad game manager. But again, what I was saying is I, I, I think it's a season versus season thing. It's not uh, different games within one season. And hopefully, let's say Foles gets a start uh, and he does badly, Trubisky will still be unconfident. But it's not like you'll have to – it'll be unpredictable with Foles and deciding whether you're going to start him or not start him. I think if Foles is having a bad season, it'll be clear from the start or clear from the first few games when he plays badly, and he's not so on and off like Trubisky is. Well, I think that he may not be on or off, but either he's on for a season or off for a season. And what concerns me is that he'll be off for a season. And what I'm trying to say is is that I feel like Nick Foles has never been an average game manager, what the Bears want. Obviously, they would rather have an above-average game manager than an average one. But are you willing to take the risk of having an above-average game manager who could also be a below-average game manager, depending on the year, or just take someone in the middle, like a I don't I don't know, like any other quarterback? And I think that this trade and getting Nick Foles could end up being one of the best decisions Ryan Pace has ever made. Really could he could become come into a situation where they have a good coaching staff and they they have this mentality where they want to win, and he comes in and he does great. And the Bears win 13 games. They do even better than they do in 20, 2018. And I think that if they do that, that would be great. But I'm just a bit concerned that they'll, he'll completely do terrible and they'll go innate again. And then once that happens, I mean, you can't really keep – you can't keep a defense that's so dominant for that long. It's easier to keep an offense because an offense can be dominant with a quarterback. A quarterback's the, the defense doesn't necessarily have a quarterback because the quarterback is such an important position on the offense. It matters more than any other position. While on the defense, there's not one single position that matters so much more than another position. So, like, for example, Kansas City, I think the Bears roster skill-wise, if you take out quarterbacks. Oh, we debated this last time. Yeah, okay. but I think that it's similar. And debatably, the Bears have a better team. I think so. but. The quarterback is such an essential position that that's the difference between eight and eight and a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it all depends. But um, speaking of just 
the Bears and good coaching staff and all that, has Matt Nagy given up on Trubisky? Has Matt Nagy given up on Trubisky? This is a complex question. It ties into that whole thing that happened in the, uh, was it the Chiefs game? The Rams. Rams game, sorry, excuse me. Uh, where Trubisky was sitting out in the game and there was speculation on whether it was because he uh, hurt himself or people thought that Matt Nagy had benched Trubisky. After the game, Matt Nagy cleared it up in a press conference saying that, you know, he just hurt his hip. But really, there's speculation remains until this day if Trubisky was really benched. And if he was benched and wasn't hurt, for what reason? Was it because they wanted to keep him healthy? Or was it because Matt Nagy had truly given up on Trubisky? Now, do I believe that Matt Nagy had given up on Trubisky? In the start when uh, Matt Nagy was casted, he always talked well about Trubisky. And in that moment, like in, during that time, I thought that they had a good relationship. But looking back on it, I realized Matt Nagy likely never liked Trubisky because he's not the type of quarterback that he's used to. He's so sporadic, as I said earlier, and he comes from that West Coast offense that relies on different types of players like Mahomes or even uh, Alex Smith is, is a different type of player than Trubisky. So Matt Nagy was stuck in this Chicago offense with a quarterback that he likely never liked and having to uh, talk praise about him. He, he probably didn't hate Trubisky, but I'm just saying from the start, he had to work with something that would be harder, obviously harder than working with a Mahomes or even an Alex Smith type of guy, like I said. So when, when you have a sporadic quarterback and he doesn't really fit into your offense that well, and you, you're given like two years to work with him, every time Trubisky messes up and you're giving him so many opportunities to throw the ball and prove himself, uh, his, Matt Nagy's confidence in Trubisky is slowly going to decline more and more. And especially because I don't believe Matt Nagy loved Trubisky from the time that he was taken, that from the time that Matt Nagy was on the Bears. I believe that now Nagy's, Trubisky, Nagy's confidence in Trubisky is very low. Thus, I don't know if he's completely given up on Trubisky, and I'm sure that he can work something out, or at least I have faith, I hope, as a Bears fan, that he can work something out if Trubisky does end up starting or he has to come in because Foles is playing badly. But I believe that his confidence in Trubisky is at an all-time low after this season where Matt Nagy repeatedly gave Trubisky opportunities to throw, even though, admittedly, Nagy was scheming badly for Trubisky, but where he repeatedly gave Trubisky opportunities to throw and Trubisky repeatedly showed that he cannot follow onto this offense. And I believe that Matt Nagy is stubborn enough or whatever you want to call it, that he will not change his offense before he will not change his offense. And instead the bears might have to change their quarterback. I hope that he can adjust, know his personnel. Like I was saying a while ago, that that was a problem in 2019 that Nagy didn't know his personnel, but he might be stubborn enough that he will not change his offense and they will have to change his quarterback. So that's why I think that Matt Nagy's confidence in Trubisky is at an all-time low. So when you look back at what I was saying earlier, um, when Ryan Pace brought in Matt Nagy and he brought in Matt Nagy to build around Trubisky, now they're building around Matt Nagy. If you look at Matt Nagy last offseason, they were in. They were supposed to be in offense two point two two oh two instead of one oh one two oh two, and Trubisky was supposed to learn how to read defenses better and just to become a better quarterback, understand the offense more. And I mean, he probably did under, does does understand the offense a bit more now than he did before, because I mean, he just had more time to learn it. But I felt like he just can't read defenses. He just cannot. 
And like I said, Matt Nagy wants a quarterback who can read defenses, but he cannot. And Matt Nagy is tired of having a quarterback who can't read defenses. In the Rams game, like you said, he benched him for Chase Daniels. If you look at the Vikings game, week four, it felt like he opened up his playbook. I don't know if you could tell, but it felt like receivers were getting open. It felt like a different type of offense than it did with Trubisky. Maybe that's part for Chase Daniels. But I think mostly you can say that because Matt Nagy gave up hope on Trubisky. And once Chase Daniels came in, he put he gave he had faith in Chase Daniels. And I think that Matt Nagy is partially Matt Nagy's fault. Because if your offense works so well in 2018, why are you stopping? It doesn't matter if your quarterback's not doing well. It's not like your new offense you're scheming is doing any better. You should go back to what you were doing before. Because if you're scheming receivers open, it's better to scheme receivers open than to not. And I think Matt Nagy gave up on that. And that's the problem. So going on to the next question, if full starts, do you think Trubisky can play in a Taysom role hill? In a <laughs> hill role. <laughs> in a Taysom hill role. Well, I know, especially in 2018, uh, Matt Nagy was very imaginative in his plays. He was having offensive linemen catching touchdowns, Tariq Cohen throwing the ball. So, you know, you never know about the mind of Nagy, and hopefully he can be very creative with that playbook and go back to that offensive or coach of the year mindset. So, I mean, I, I can never take anything out of question with um, Matt Nagy, but I do not see it being realistic that Trubisky is used frequently in this offense. I think it's more likely that if full starts, Trubisky is just going to be sitting on the bench like a normal backup quarterback. It might be cool to have him in at some time, but I don't know if he's even like, like Taysom Hill is such a jack of all trades. Uh, he He's tough. And I think Trubisky is meant to play quarterback, even if he's not that great of a quarterback. So I don't know if you can just fill him in to play any role you want in the way that Taysom Hill would. It would be yeah. interesting. It would be cool. But I don't, I don't know how realistic it is. So I think the comparison can be made between them two. I mean, Trubisky is a, probably a way better quarterback than Taysom Hill. So let's not get it wrong. Trubisky started, and he, I get Pro Bowl is not a great metric, but he was an average quarterback one year. Taysom Hill, he's thrown like seven passes in his career. But what I will say is I don't think they'll do that because what happens if Trubisky gets hurt? right? Yeah. Even if Foles is starting, what happens if Foles goes down? Are they going to put Tyler Bray in? No, there's no point in risking your quarterback getting injured. Like for the Saints, they had Teddy Bridgewater. If Breeze got hurt, they had Bridgewater. Right. And I think it was even a risk to put Hill in and have him do stuff while, while Bridgewater was starting because if, if, because if Hill got hurt and then Bridgewater got hurt, then what do you do? But what I think is that I don't think I think it would be very interesting. I think there will be a few plays where they do where they do something creative, but it won't be a, he'll be in maybe once a game doing something like that. I think once a game. That's honestly kind of a lot when you think about it. I mean, yeah, but not really. Okay. I mean, like Marcus Mariota sometimes came in, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Got it. So. Trubisky used to be used as more of like an athletic player in 2018 when he was making the Pro Bowl playing well he was seen scrambling a lot and then in the 2019 season it seemed like he was kind of out of his comfort zone he was forced to throw more passes in the pocket so what do you think happened to Trubisky scrambling and do you say it's Trubisky's fault or really Matt Nagy's fault for not scheming more plays where Trubisky can get out of the pocket where he's more comfortable I think that obviously Nagy could have schemed a few more plays to help out Trubisky, but 
when I think Matt Nagy was asked, why doesn't Trubisky run the ball more? Matt Nagy said, I don't know. We're telling him to. It was, <laughs> it was something, it wasn't as brutal as that, but it was something like we're, we're trying to integrate more of running into our offense. And it seemed, seemed like it was saying like, we're letting him run the ball. He's not running the ball. I think it comes from the fact that if you look at the stats in general, uh, Mitchell Trubisky ran for 421 yards in 2018 versus 193 in 2019. And he he threw for he ran for three touchdowns in 2018, two in 2019, 6.2 yards in 2018, 4.0 in 2019. But it was only 20, 20 attempts of a difference between 2018 and 19. So his scrambling might have went away a solid amount. 20 attempts is still a solid amount of going away, but it didn't disappear. But the stats, it looks like it disappeared. Looks like he just stopped running and he couldn't do anything really well. And what made Trubisky so good last year is that defenses couldn't really play man that much because if they were to play man, then it would what's it called? It would make it easier for Trubisky to scramble out. And in 2019, they could play whatever because Trubisky running wasn't as big of a threat. And I think that Matt Nagy, I wouldn't blame Matt Nagy for it, I'll blame Trubisky for it. And I think that if Trubisky Trubisky doesn't he has the skill. Don't get me wrong, he has the skill, but the one thing that he has that he does better than most other quarterbacks is running. And when you don't use that to your advantage, then you're just throwing away probably your best quality, the thing that makes you better than other quarterbacks. And if he wants to win the job this offseason, he's going to need to use the scrambling more. He will. Got it. So when I gave you the question of saying, you think this is Nagy's fault or Trubisky, I forgot to mention, or maybe I was just saving this for myself, the offensive line, because clearly the offensive line regressed a lot in 2018 to 2019. So that might have affected Trubisky's confidence in scrambling because the relationship between the offensive line and quarterback is very important. If Trubisky isn't confident that when he moves out of the pocket, he'll still be protected and he'll still have good blocking, then he'll likely not want to go out of the pocket more if he knows he's going to get decked every time he goes. Uh, You were saying that it was on... uh, you said it was interesting to me that you said it was on only 20 less attempts. That means that he was averaging less yards, which of course, first you want to blame Trubisky for, you know, not actually doing well when he ran. But this is what I was saying with the David Montgomery argument, where when you look at David Montgomery stats, the Bears running back, it seems so bad. Uh, While a lot of that is truly the offensive line's fault for not giving him enough running room. And I think that the same can be said for Trubisky. Well, of course, he is running out of the pocket, so it's hard for it's harder for the offensive line to block, and it's not as directly like related to um, to the offensive line as is the running back is to the offensive line. But still, I think some of the blame deserves to go on the offensive line for why Trubisky scrambling was worse this year, and that's likely a reason why he scrambled less. He was less confident in that O line. Again, you could also blame Nagy, but that quote you said was interesting that, you know, they're telling him to scramble and he isn't, but I really have no way to know how true that that is. And finally, you got to blame Trubisky for some of it, for not being able to make the plays and scrambling and for not being able to recognize that he is best out of the pocket. So he should be moving out of the pocket more rather than trying to stay in the pocket and making these bad throws. So Trubisky has to recognize his own uh, weaknesses in his own, where he, his own strengths. And in doing that, he should have scrambled more. So what I will say is if you look at it, you know, Walter Payton's first game ever, he had zero yards on, I think it was 
a solid amount of attempts. And it wasn't necessarily he did bad. I mean, obviously, he, he would have done, if you played amazing, he would have got more than zero yards. But he was getting, his offensive line was so bad, he's getting stopped in the line three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He would make something of negative four yards. He would gain four yards every play. He would have lost four yards and then gaining it. And it felt like the same thing happened with Montgomery this year. And I know we're not talking about running backs right now. But I think that also goes for the fact of Trubisky that maybe his scrambling yards and confidence went away because the offensive line was just unable to block for him in situations where he would get just demolished. When you look at it, if there's a good pocket in the offensive line as it makes it a tiny hole for the quarterback, he can run through. But when you're, when you have half a second less or even one second less to throw the ball, you have less time to find that hole. And it's just so much harder to do it without that hole. I think everything in the offense stemmed is back to the offensive line. I think that the quarterback is the most important position, but I think that offensive line, everything revolves around an offensive line. All right. Finally, how familiar do you think that Nick Foles is with the Chicago Bears system? And, you know, how long do you think it'll take him to adjust if there, we talked about no training camps and if he is asked to start, do you think he'll be able to just adjust immediately? How familiar do you think he is? He's very familiar. It doesn't matter if he, there's no training camp and he will be able to step in whenever he wants. He's played a backup for almost his whole career. He stepped in for, I get he's not going to be elite the first half, the first quarter he plays, but he stepped in for, for Wentz twice. He, he, I guess he technically stepped in for Minshew, but I wouldn't really say that. I think Minshew stepped in for Foles and then Foles came back. Yeah. But I think that he stepped in before. He knows that offense so well, he'll be able to, he knows it so well, he knows it in and out. He'll just be able to really do well whenever he gets the opportunity. And third of all, I know it's hard to build chemistry between my receivers, but I think that Nick Foles has been such a journeyman throughout his whole career. He'll be able to find a way to do that. Got it. Um, the question is phrased where it seems like Foles will be familiar with the Bears system specifically. I don't know if that's true, but I definitely agree with what you're saying about Foles is a backup quarterback his whole life. He's his whole for most of his career. He's known to being a backup sitting behind other quarterbacks and he's been in and out a lot of different systems. So I don't have many doubts that he'll be able to adjust to a different system pretty quickly. With that said, though, I I definitely think that training camp will have some effect or lack of training camp. It's obviously better to have training camp and it'll be easier for him to adjust to that system. Uh, if there is training camp in play. So, but again, I think Foles is just familiar with NFL systems in general, considering how many, how he's been tossed around the league. So I don't think that it'll be that much of an issue for him to adjust to this Bears offense. Yeah. So now on to our, now on to our speed round. Speed round. Yep. So when you look at this Bears 20, 2019 season, they regressed in a lot of positions. But do you think that there's next year that there's a specific player that will regress from what they were in 2019? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I have to think about it. I actually need a second here. Um, you want to go first? You can go first. I'll go first. I think that it's Bobby Massey. He came off of a injury last year. He wasn't playing great. He's, I think, 31 right now. 
He's old. He's not great. I think right now is around the time where he'll start regressing, which is really unfortunate because the Bears have a bad offensive lineup. And a player who's going to play worse this year, I think, is going to really make it worse for the Bears. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson, actually. Nothing against Allen. I love him as a wide receiver and as a threat. But first of all, I was talking about the chemistry. I think Trubisky and Robinson have developed some good chemistry, even if Trubisky isn't always on target to him. I think that when Trubis- if you look at plays where Trubisky's under pressure and he doesn't know where to go, he'll just lob it up to Robinson, even if it isn't a, an on-target yeah. throw. They have that connection together. So if Foles does start, then I think it'll be harder just to have that connection. And the Bears have just brought different other wide receivers into the mix. So again, when, you, when there are more places to disperse the ball, it's less likely that one player like Allen Robinson is going to dominate as much. Nothing against Robinson, like I was saying. I don't think production-wise he will be less efficient or anything. Just there's more places that the ball could go, and uh, he might get less targets because of Foles' presence. Yeah, it's like the fact that necessarily he probably played a bit better in 2019 than 18, but his stats made it look like he was a different receiver. Right, exactly. It was just because the ball was able to go to different places in in 2018 versus 2019. Right. All right, so... We're talking about two uh, defensive players who were a little disappointing in 2019, and they were great in 2018. Kyle Fuller, cornerback Kyle Fuller, and safety Eddie Jackson. So which of these two do you think will have a better rebound year in 2020? Who will prove to be better in 2020? I think Eddie Jackson will prove to be better for the fact that he is a more dominant player and has more potential to be great. Kyle Fuller is a more – he had a solid year last year. It wasn't as good as his 2018 year. They're still pretty solid, and I think that you know what you're going to get with Kyle Fuller. You're going to get a cornerback, a pretty solid Pro Bowl cornerback. But Eddie Jackson, he's an all-pro. He's a one of the top safeties in the NFL. He plays like Ed Reed. He's a great free safety with ridiculous range, and I think that if he's put in a position to succeed like he was in 2018, he's going to be ridiculously dominant. The irony here, Oren, is that I agree with basically everything you were saying, but somehow I got a different answer. Because, yeah, I do think that Eddie Jackson has more potential to be just an amazing, mind-boggling player. You looked at how he played in 2018, and he was really up there for Defensive Player of the Year when you see how he was really a game-changer on this offense. But Kyle Fuller has been around longer, and he's had more great seasons. Whereas, of course, Eddie Jackson hasn't had enough time to prove himself. But for that reason, I can't really be 100% sure that it isn't just a fluke. But Kyle Fuller has had, I'd say, like three, uh, a few good seasons or great seasons. So it's more likely that he'll be able to rebound and have a good season in 2020. Whereas Eddie Jackson has had that amazing season that was probably better than anything Kyle Fuller has ever had. But I, it, there's no way to be able to know that he will be able to rebound because that was only one season, whereas Kyle Fuller has proven himself multiple times. Yeah. All right. I think that does it for our episode. Bear down, guys. Bear down. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.